going to be giving an overview of the letters of Peter. We are going to be in these letters for the next nine weeks, and we are using the Knowing the Bible series of study guides for this study. The study guide includes Jude, which we studied last fall. Since we won't be studying that book again, our study will only be nine weeks, not the 12 that is listed on the front of the book. The homework is not too much, but if you are not able to complete the homework, we encourage you to still come and join in the discussion with your group and watch the teaching. If you were with us for the Jude study, you will hear some things that sound very similar. Both Peter and Jude wanted to send a message of encouragement to believers to remain steadfast and defend the faith. They both also warn of false teachers that lead believers astray. So let's start out by discovering who Peter was. When was Peter first mentioned in the Gospels? In my Bible, the first passages that mention Peter have the heading, Jesus Calls the First Disciples. In Matthew and Mark, there are but a few lines about Peter, but they are very similar. Remember the Gospels are the personal accounts written by four different men. We can assume that each was inspired by God to stress different points or observations. Let's look at some of these passages. Matthew 4, 18 to 20. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Mark reads almost exactly the same. Mark 1, 16 to 18. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. In John, we get some more details. John 1, 40-42. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. However, when we look at Luke's writing, we get many more important details. Luke 5, 1-11. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, 
who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. What faith Peter showed in this passage. He is tired. He probably needs to eat. But Jesus asks asks him to take him out into the deep and let down his nets, the nets that had come back empty after fishing all night, the nets he had just cleaned. Realizing that he may look foolish for trying to fish during the day, he obeys Jesus and goes out deep. The nets yield so much fish that he needs his partner's boat to help. But what does Peter say in verse 8? But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Peter assumed his sin made him unworthy to be with Jesus, and Jesus' whole purpose was to save the sinners of this world, which is us. We also know that Peter goes on serving with Jesus until Jesus' crucifixion. No other person is mentioned as often as Peter is in the New Testament. His successes and failures are outlined for us throughout the scriptures. Peter was the one that walked on water as Jesus called to him to come out of the boat. However, when he started to doubt, he started to sink, and Jesus had to help him. Jesus remarked to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Later, when Jesus asked, Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter is the one on whom Jesus says he will build his church. Peter was also with John, James, and Jesus when they went up to the mountain to pray and the transfiguration of Jesus occurred. Peter and John prepared the Passover meal that was to be the Last Supper, at which Jesus foretold that three times Peter would deny him. Peter was the one that did not want Jesus to wash his feet, but when Jesus explained that he must, then Peter wanted his whole body to be washed. While Jesus and the disciples were in the garden before Jesus' death, Peter was the one that cut off the ear of the servant when they came to arrest Jesus. And Peter was the one that denied that he knew Jesus three times, as had been foretold. The book of Acts tells how Peter was a leader to the gathering of believers that grew throughout the area as they spread the gospel. He was, as Jesus had said, the rock upon which the church was built. The letters of 1st and 2nd Peter were written by Peter between AD 62 and 67. Peter was martyred under Nero, who died in AD 68, so we know these dates are most likely accurate. We know that Peter wrote these because the first verse in 1st Peter states, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. 2nd Peter 3.1 This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. Some dispute that it is the same church, because Peter addresses different topics. But historically, churches wrestle with all kinds of issues, so that theory doesn't necessarily work here. In fact, the letters seem to complement one another well and almost seem as a continuing letter, each addressing areas of faith and the Christian walk. The recipients, which were primarily Gentiles, are listed in 1 Peter 1.1 to those who are elected exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. All of these areas would be found in what we now consider Turkey. There has been debate whether the readers were Gentiles or Jews. With the many references to the Old Testament, one could conclude that the audience was mostly Jewish. 
However, some scholars believe they were Gentiles because of some of his phraseology that leads them to believe the readers could not be Jewish. It is as if Peter wants these new Gentile believers to understand that they are now part of the family of Abraham through Jesus. I think it is probably a good position to take that this letter is written to us and applicable to our lives now. Let's look at some of the themes we find in First and Second Peter. First and foremost, in First Peter, many of the important topics of faith are covered. The two themes of God's sovereign plan and the suffering of Christians weave their way throughout the letter. Peter experienced so much suffering himself that for him to write about righteous suffering would be considered a first-hand account. This letter is a wonderful resource for those experiencing suffering because in it one can find words of empathy and encouragement. When we delve deeper, as we will in the coming weeks, we will see that the suffering that these readers were experiencing was due largely to, if not exclusively, verbal slander, reprimanding, and false accusations. Historically, we know that many believers lost their lives for their faith, but this letter does not insinuate that is what is happening now. The intolerance that led to the deaths of many believers will happen in the next decades following these letters. In 2 Peter, the theme is very similar to what we saw outlined in Jude last fall. God has invited all people to participate in his upside-down kingdom, where love meets hate and abomination. However, there are corrupt teachers and leaders that are taking God's word out of context and distorting it to serve their sinful and lustful desires. These teachings are causing confusion and impatience in these new believers. They are being told to live a godly life in anticipation of Jesus' return, but it seems to be taking way too long. So are you with us? Are you ready to dive in and study what Peter was writing, these ancient churches? Are you ready to see how Peter's words are still applicable today? That is the one aspect of God's word that I love. This was not just a letter written by an ancient man to an ancient church in an ancient time. God's word is alive today and is for all people and is as exciting, as comforting, and as encouraging as it was 2,000 years ago. I would encourage you to check out the videos on First and Second Peter from the Bible Project that are linked below. They even have an option to download the overview onto one sheet, which is a great option to use as we're studying First and Second Peter. Mm-hmm.